you know, there's a couple kinds of doubt. There's the doubt that's like, I'm questioning, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm searching, I'm talking to people. That's healthy. Ask questions. Then there's the doubt that's like, really? You believe that? That's like the doubt we're talking about. That like denial kind of attitude, right? Can you deny the resurrection and still be a Christian? I kind of call this good person problem. I'm going to be a good person but not really commit to anything. You can all talk about that later if you want to. All right? So if you're going to deny the resurrection, and people do, then you need to have a reasonable explanation, an alternative for what happened all those years ago. This is a historical event. So how are we going to explain it? If Jesus didn't come back to life, what happened instead? I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Can I doubt the resurrection? and still be a Christian? That is the question we are looking at today in this episode. Can I doubt the resurrection, which is a foundational aspect of the Christian faith, and still be a Christian if I don't believe it actually happened? And we are listening to Michelle Rewa discuss this question that is laying out why the resurrection existed or why the the resurrection is true and how we can look at it and go, yes, it happened and it's part of our faith. And I don't know if you can be a Christian and doubt the resurrection. When it comes to our faith, and I'm talking about specifically when I say our, I'm talking about Christian Orthodox belief and faith. There's a lot of different beliefs out there. We know that there's a lot of things that can separate us in terms of what we believe but the things that unite us there's a handful but they're really important this is absolutely one of them the resurrection of jesus it fits into anyone that would consider themselves within the orthodox belief and family of christian faith and for our students as you're listening to this as you're thinking about your audience of students They need to understand why the resurrection is absolutely critical and foundational to us as followers of Jesus today. Yeah, they may be asking, what's the big deal that Jesus rose from the dead? You know, I can still believe that he's the son of God, that he came to the earth, that he died on the cross to save us from our sins. But what's the big deal that he actually defeated death and is now alive? And again, Michelle lays it out and very logical reason to believe that the resurrection not only happened, but it's true and it's an, it's vital to our faith in Jesus Christ. She did a great job in our previous episode. Now this is, uh, today is part four of six in this mini series that we're doing about our foundations of our faith. And as you listen to this today, if you're starting here with us on this episode in part four, It would be helpful, not necessarily necessary, but very helpful to listen to at least episode three. We would encourage you to to jump in on all of them, and hopefully you're going in order with us. But if you're not, it would be helpful to listen to episode three, our previous episode in this miniseries, because she talks about what do I believe about Jesus. So she builds off of that in this. And in this series, there are building blocks we've already laid down here in the first three parts of this series. 
But in this one, she's talking about the resurrection. And what's going to be so great for you as a listener and as you pass this on, maybe directly to students themselves or other youth workers, and as you listen to this in your context, Michelle gives us very, very clear, great understanding and a factual approach to how the resurrection, as it's, as it's told in Scripture, actually literally happened. Obviously, we are simply just audio to you. And Michelle was live using visuals of the crucifixion and what Jesus had to do or go through uh, leading up to the crucifixion and what the crucifixion actually entailed. Not just this precious like, oh, he hung on the cross, but the, the beating leading up to it for him to even be hanging on the cross and suffering the doubt sometimes comes to, well, maybe he didn't even actually die on the cross. And, and so I say that because there are some visuals out there that will lay out, um, we'll include it in the, where these visuals can be found in the, the episode description, but to lay out like the actual process of crucifixion, that it wasn't just nails in his hands and what we stereotypically think about, it was a brutal process. So for anybody to survive, it's nearly impossible. So in this episode, Michelle is going to lay this out for us. This was recorded live in 2021 in the summer before an audience of students at NTS camp. And so here's Michelle talking about this question, can I doubt the resurrection and still be a Christian? Is it a ransom? Do not seek me. Do not follow or wander. Persecute no one on my behalf. I have seen two things which cannot reconcile. A man dead without question, and that same man alive again. I pursue him, the Nazarene, to ferret the truth. Clavius, Aquila, Valerius, Niger. It's his seal, sir. Must be a plague. My right hand turned against me. How could he follow? That Hebrew? Perhaps. It's true. Perhaps it's true. You know you have to think about this when Draco Malfoy is considering if Jesus is alive again. Question number four. Can I doubt the resurrection and still be a Christian? You know, there's a couple kinds of doubt. There's the doubt that's like, I'm questioning, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm searching, I'm talking to people. That's healthy. Ask questions. Then there's the doubt that's like, really? You believe that? That's like the doubt we're talking about. That like denial kind of attitude, right? Can you deny the resurrection and still be a Christian? I kind of call this good person problem. I'm going to be a good person but not really commit to anything. You can all talk about that later if you want to. All right? So if you're going to deny the resurrection, and people do, 
then you need to have a reasonable explanation, an alternative for what happened all those years ago. This is a historical event. So how are we going to explain it if Jesus didn't come back to life? What happened instead? Analysis of crucifixion and specifically Jesus's crucifixion to decide, could he have survived the cross? This is not a faith-based organization. This is a scientific organization, and they looked at the gospel accounts. I don't have my Bible here. They looked at the gospel accounts because the Bible is a reliable historical document, and they did this analysis of crucifixion. The Romans were experts at killing people. They looked at Jesus's time before he went to the cross. The Bible tells us he was like praying and he was sweating blood. That's a real thing. And then they looked at the arrest, and they looked at what happened after all of those trials and the arrest, okay? The first part of crucifixion before the cross was called flogging, F-L-O-G, flog, to be flogged. And what they would do was they would, they would tie the person to this giant pole, okay? And they would have this whip. Now, not like Indiana Jones-style whip. They would have this whip that looked like this. And it has lots of different strands, and at the end of the strands would be pieces of metal or bone um, or rock, and it would all be at the end of this. And then as they would hit the person on the back, it would dig into the flesh on the back of their skin, and then they would drag it across. So you imagine, like, this goes into your skin and pulls across. It's pulling off the skin of the back as it goes. And they would do it again and again and again. It would break down into the muscle tissue. Tons of blood loss here, okay? Some people didn't survive the flogging because they lost so much blood during this part of the beating. When, they, when you read in the Bible that Jesus was flogged, this is what it means, it wasn't just like smack, smack, smack. Okay, let's be on our way, all right? Then we know from the story that the cross beam was given him to carry through the streets. They didn't crucify people in the city. It was outside the city. So he had to walk through the city with this cross beam that he would carry himself. And we know from the gospel accounts that Jesus couldn't get all the way out of the city. It was too much for him to carry between all of what he's already gone through somebody stepped in and carried it the rest of the way out of the city. And then they would lay him down and they would take a nail. I don't know how well you can see this, but they would take a nail and they would put it through, we always say the hands, but it was really the wrist, right? If, you're, if your hands had nails through them, that's real fleshy, it would just tear, okay? So you can find this little notchy spot on your wrist. There's two, the two bones right here in your wrist, you can put your finger right there and you can feel right in between them that's where the nail would go because your weight can be sustained in that spot and there are nerves that run up the lengths of your arms that that would go right through this would be incredibly painful and then your feet were crossed down below and the nail would go through the feet and then they would raise these people up and so you're like this and you're hanging like this and the problem with crucifixion is that you can't keep breathing. You can inhale from the way your body is hanging, but you can't exhale. In order to exhale, you would have to push yourself up in order to get the air out of your lungs. So that means you got to do a little rotation on the wrists, and your back that's already been torn to shreds is moving up and down, 
that board behind you as your wrists are kind of, and you're pushing on your feet, and then to inhale again, you have to drop back down to take another breath, and then you have to push yourself back up to exhale. And so people slowly died of asphyxiation. They couldn't breathe after a while. Their body just got too worn out. They couldn't keep it up, which is why in the stories of crucifixion, they talk about breaking the legs of the people that were hanging. Then they couldn't push themselves up anymore, and it would just speed things along, okay? So Jesus is hanging like that on the cross. And then we know from the Bible account that a spear was thrust into his side, and the Bible says that out of the wound from that spear, water and blood flowed, which is an indication that the sac around the heart, the pericardial sac, was burst. That's where that water and blood then was flowed out. So Jesus on the cross, torn up to shreds, hanging on the cross, lack of oxygen, and a mortal wound in his side. The Journal of American Medicine said he would not have survived the crucifixion. People didn't survive crucifixion, okay? But let's just say he did. They take him down off the cross, still alive. They're busy, you know, they're trying to get the people off the cross, Passover's coming. So they just kind of get him down and they put him in this tomb. And Jesus is in the tomb all of the rest of the day Friday, all day Saturday, and into Sunday. One, two, three. And at some point during those three, time, those three days, Jesus revives. He's had no food or water or medical attention, but he gets up in the dark. He unwraps himself, because the Bible tells us his grave clothes were still in the tomb, so he takes all of the wrappings off, and then he pushes the stone away from the tomb. It's estimated the stone weighed 2,000 pounds. So he pushes the stone away and surprises the guards. Oh my gosh, there he is. And maybe overpowers them. And then he goes off to find his friends. And when he finds the disciples, they don't say, oh my gosh, you survived. They say, oh my gosh, you're alive again. And he says, yeah, let's tell everybody that. Jesus, who has been preaching about truth and honesty and holiness and being a light, he says, let's lie to everybody and tell them I'm all alive again. And then in about a 40-day period, I'll just disappear. Come on. I mean, you are free to believe whatever you want to believe, but that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense that he would have even survived, let alone all those things then happen in order for him to still be living. So, Number one, the swoon theory, two thumbs down. Number two. Number two is the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory says the disciples stole the body. This is the theory that the Jewish leaders spread as what happened. The disciples stole the body. So let's think through that. You have 11 guys left. They are all cowards at this point. They have deserted Jesus. They have denied Jesus. They have taken off. They are afraid that they're going to be next on the cross. But they all come together and form a plan. For who knows what reason, they are going to go to the tomb. They, these untrained men, except for maybe one, are going to overpower Roman soldiers. They push the stone out of the tomb. 
They take Jesus and unwrap him. Don't know why. Then they take his body and they bury it somewhere because Jews didn't believe in cremation. So they, they hide it somewhere, they bury it somewhere, they never tell anybody. And then for the rest of their lives, they spread this story. They spread this story that Jesus is alive. They're on the run, they're beaten in public, they're put in prison, they have no money, they have no fame. And despite the fact that their leader preached holiness, they lie for the rest of their lives for no gain and die as martyrs, maintaining their lie. Not one of them gives it up. You are free to believe whatever you want to believe, but come on, that's not logical. Number three is the ghost theory. Spiritual resurrection I had somebody say to me once, why does it matter if Jesus came back to life or not? Maybe they just saw his ghost. Maybe it was just his spirit. There are some religions who teach it was just a spiritual resurrection. We've got a couple of problems. Number one, where did the body go? I mean, if it was just Jesus' ghost, and everybody was so confused by this, the authorities who hated this Jesus culture would have just gotten his body out and paraded him through the town and said, look, he's still dead. So we have a problem that we have still the body, and then, if you read the biblical accounts, well, Jesus appears to have eaten with them. He invited them to touch him. I don't watch scary movies, but I don't think ghosts do that kind of stuff. So, I don't think this theory holds up. The fourth big theory is the theory of mass hallucination. People don't have mass hallucinations. You can't all hallucinate the same thing at the same time. Even if you all took the same thing to make yourself hallucinate, you'd all see different stuff. So, that one's out. Now I've got two more that aren't on the slide. I've got to share my favorite one with you. My favorite theory is called the twin theory. <laughs> the twin theory says Jesus had a secret identical twin that no one knew about. And when he was up on the cross, his secret identical twin happened to be in Jerusalem and saw his secret identical twin brother hanging on the cross and was so overwhelmed by what Jesus had been doing and trying to accomplish that he decided he would take his place, take on his identity, and continue on the ministry of his secret identical twin brother. We're not even going to talk about why that's ridiculous. It's a good one. It's my favorite. And then the last one you should know about, because you may hear it at some point, the religion of Islam teaches that Jesus was just a prophet and that Allah, who is not the God of the Bible, that Allah would never allow one of his prophets to be crucified. So he, Allah, took Jesus up to heaven and made someone else appear to be Jesus. Probably Judas, because he's the bad guy. And that person hung on the cross in Jesus' place, and everyone thought it was Jesus, but it actually wasn't Jesus because Jesus was in heaven. And then Jesus came back down from heaven, still alive because he never actually died. And you know, we still have this problem I call the holiness problem. If that had happened, why would Jesus allow his followers and everyone else to believe a lie that he had died and come back to life if he actually hadn't? Why would Allah, who is not the God of the Bible, want everyone to believe a lie if that were true? 
It doesn't hold up to me. So historians agree. There are lots of different options, but historians agree. The people of that time who claimed to see Jesus, they must have seen something. Let's take a look briefly at the historian perspective on this period of time in this event. While many pieces of evidence can be used to point to the reality of Jesus' resurrection, we will focus on three. Number one, the early church exploded on the scene of the ancient world with the claim that Jesus had risen from the dead as their central proclamation. Many movements are gradual in building momentum, and when it comes to larger-than-life, legendary or miraculous characteristics claimed by these movements about their leaders, those ideas usually take decades and sometimes even centuries to develop. From what we know about Christianity, the claim that Jesus rose again from the dead was made from the very start, serving as this new religion's central idea. A passage that is thought to reflect the very earliest Christian belief, a founding Christian leader writes, I want to remind you of the good news I proclaimed to you. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and on the third day rose again from the dead. Within a very short time, this movement had taken the ancient world by storm, built on the testimony of those who claimed they had seen Jesus alive after death. There is every indication that they must have seen something. Number two, the earliest followers of Jesus claimed to be eyewitnesses to Jesus' resurrection and went to their deaths proclaiming it. Now, we all know people die for their beliefs. That does not make their beliefs true. But one thing it does for all of them, it is a very strong indicator that they believed what they were saying. It's been said liars make lousy martyrs. The early followers of Jesus claimed first to have seen Jesus die and raise again from the dead. Their deaths are an indication that they certainly believed they had. They must have seen something. Number three, Jesus' resurrection was seen by his earliest followers and friends, but in addition, a very unusual thing happened around the same time. Two men who were self-described skeptics, even enemies of the idea of Jesus' divinity, turned from their skepticism to claim that they had seen the resurrected Jesus. The first was Jesus' own brother James. Historians are confident that we have good information regarding James, and we know he began as a skeptic over Jesus' claims to divinity. From what we know, he appears to have thought Jesus was decidedly not the Son of God, but also that his brother was a little on the kooky side, which, if you have a brother, you may be able to relate to. But somehow, James makes a complete turnaround in his view of Jesus, and the explanation he gives is, the resurrected Jesus appeared to him. He must have seen something. Then there was a man named Saul of Tarsus. He not only did not believe in Jesus, but when the news about him began to travel, he believed this new movement was a dangerous and destructive idea. He took it upon himself to oppose believers, even violently. He had people killed and put in prison just for believing in the resurrection. Then suddenly, Saul does one of the most amazing 180s in the history of 180s. He goes from sworn enemy of the new faith to one of its most passionate and vocal promoters. What happened? According to him, the resurrected Jesus appeared to him. He went to his death, never backing off that claim. He must have seen something. Atheist New Testament scholar Jed Ludman. 
It must be taken as historically certain that Peter and the disciples had experiences after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ. So listen, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, we need a reasonable alternative explanation for what happened. And in 2,000 years, no one has been able to come up with a good one. I know people don't come back to life, but in this situation, it seems that someone did. And the hope is that if he can conquer death for himself, he can conquer death for you too. So, second big idea, last big idea for today. My God is not dead. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.